Our scripture this morning comes from Luke chapter 23, and we'll begin in verse 44 and go through verse 49. Again, that's the gospel of Luke chapter 23, verse 44 through 49. As you're turning and and going to, uh, what we're going to encounter in scripture today is the very last words of Jesus on the cross. Uh, Now, Last, last words, famous last words, those are uh, some, some things that uh, writers have, have known to draw us in in dramas for a long time. Shakespeare, when he wrote um, Caesar, right, as Caesar was being stabbed there, he turns and says, et tu, Brute, and you, Brutus, right? Famous last words. And, and maybe it's just me growing up in Texas watching a bunch of Westerns when they catch the guy and they say, got any last words? Right? Last words, they, they seem to draw some sort of importance as if our lives can be summed up in one final point or if after all the life we lived and we are about to die, we finally have something profound to say. Or we may just end up like Winston Churchill, whose final words were simply, I'm bored with it all. Last words can have a profound effect. And and maybe it's something as we begin looking at our own mortality, we begin facing and we begin wondering, what would my last words be? As a pastor, I've had the honor and privilege to be there with families and loved ones as they have been in hospital rooms, on hospice, and at homes, and they're there with their final words. It's a holy moment as the family crouches in, those around there, a whisper or a murmur comes out. Maybe it's audible, maybe it's not, and they're asked, Again, what was that? One more time. Last words, they, they draw us in. They draw us close. And for those of us that hear them, a lot of time it does have a profound effect on our life. A fellow colleague, a Disciples of Christ pastor out in East Texas, about three and a half years ago, he was 72, he had breathing issues, and, uh, uh, and so he had an oxygen tank. And he had well retired, and so he's working in this small church part-time, um, but he would preach every Sunday. And then he would sit on the front pew uh, to catch his breath for about 10 minutes and then head to the fellowship hall or head home, whatever was next. Well, on his final day, he was retiring, and there's a retirement celebration for him in the fellowship hall. He's up there, and he preaches his final sermon, and he proclaims the gospel of God, and he sits down on the front pew as he always did. The church goes ahead and goes on to the fellowship hall to get the party ready for his celebration. Well, it's longer than 10 minutes, and they go and check on him. And there he is in the front pew, already crossed over the bridge into heaven. His final words were words of encouragement and the gospel of Jesus Christ. No better way, I don't think, for a believer to go out. Let us now hear the words found in Scripture in Luke 23. It was now about the sixth hour, 
And there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. While the sun's light filled and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance, watching these things. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let us go to him in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So through scriptures in the the gospel accounts, we have recorded uh, what we call the seven last words of Jesus. And, and it goes in Matthew, and there's some in Mark, and there's some in Luke, and there's some in John. And, and it has been determined that these words found here in Luke 23 were the very last of the seven Jesus uttered before dying. But we don't have to lean in closely. It wasn't a murmur. It wasn't in the midst of a gasping breath. Luke tells us plainly that with a loud voice, Jesus called out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. In the midst of his great suffering, of the mockery and the shame that came with hanging on the cross, Jesus cries to the Father for all to hear as Jesus had been known to do. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he breathed his last. Last words. Final words from our Savior. And for Jesus, his final words were words of Scripture, the living Word of God from Psalm 31, verse 5. But Jesus made some edits to it. He added, Father, Father, I commit into your hands my spirit to let us know that this relationship is all that we would expect it to be. See, Jesus had just endured the presence of God's wrath and judgment for three hours while being crucified. And at the end of that, he still calls him Father because the love is that strong. Calls him Father as he always did throughout Scripture, to remind us the Spirit, the Son, and the Father were all of one accord 
through all of this. And then in his final words, as he's quoting scripture, he, he doesn't quote the complete verse of verse 35. He leaves off the ending part where David wrote, you have redeemed me, my God, faithful God. For you see, Jesus wasn't redeemed on the cross. He is the redeemer on the cross. Him upon the cross redeems us. As we discussed last week, when we looked at that darkness from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, it wasn't the void of the presence of God, but it was the presence of his judgment and wrath that Christ endured on our behalf, in our place, as our substitute to redeem us. These are Jesus' last words before he dies. And ever since he called them out, these words have been used by faithful followers of Christ from martyrs all over the globe. Stories of men and women as they are tied to a stake, ready to be burned, turning to their Father in heaven, committing their spirit. But it was Stephen first. If you remember Stephen, the deacon in Acts, as he was being martyred, as he was being stoned, we are told that Stephen cries out, Jesus, receive my spirit. What courage these people had to cry that out in the midst of suffering. Not, no, please don't stop. But full of assurance of their salvation. Jesus, I receive my spirit. And so when Jesus here cries out on the cross, when he prays this final prayer to the Father, what he's actually doing is saying the words to his own graveside committal service. As it's customary for Christians when we go to the graveside to commit the body ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and commit the spirit to the Lord. For you see, Jesus hung on a Roman cross a Roman cross that was used for execution and as a device of immense torture. One didn't simply die from the wounds on their hands and feet from being nailed to the cross and bleeding out. The cross was a long-suffering struggle. It was a slow death of asphyxiation and self-suffocation. For as we have learned through the years how the Romans created this horrible, evil, killing device to inflict as much pain and suffering upon the person as possible. It's that when you hung on the cross, you didn't get to hang standing straight up. There was no platform under your feet in which to rest, but rather you were hanging by the very nails that you were nailed to. 
And that it was, you would slowly keep bending forward, restricting airflow into your lungs. That the only way to get the good breath was to pull yourself up by those very wounds and nails. And Jesus does that repeatedly. And at the end of a crucifixion, what happens is that you lack the strength and the will to even pull yourself up for one more breath, and you gasp for air, struggling to the bitter end. But Jesus, Jesus calls out with a loud voice, a loud voice for all to hear. And as he says this prayer, committing his spirit, his own graveside committal, he gathers his breath, not so that we would draw in for a murmur or a whisper because he's been hanging there suffering for hours upon hours. But he cries out so that even the women in the distance who are observing can hear. And then we remember Jesus' words. His words in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, beginning in verse 14, where he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay my life down for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. And we remember And we learn, Jesus laid down his own life. It wasn't taken from him. Jesus wasn't a victim of the Romans. Jesus isn't and wasn't a victim of the Jews. His life wasn't taken against his will. He willingly, authoritatively laid his life down. He decided to stop breathing. He didn't run out of strength. He didn't run out of the will to live. For it says, then Jesus calling out with a loud voice, if it was at the end and he was running out and he was being killed, he would not have had a loud voice. And then Luke gives us this other clue. Right after he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, Luke writes, And having said this, he breathed his last. Not that he died, but he breathed his last. He decided to stop breathing. He was a willing sacrifice for you. For your salvation. For your 
adoption. And so it is with Jesus. In life and in death, that he completely, fully, wholeheartedly, totally trusts in the will of the Father. And he does this throughout his whole life, even on the cross. And he doesn't wait until he's gasping for air to whisper to us. Christ calls out so we might hear him on the cross. That we too might think of our own lives, face our own mortality. What would our last words be? But friends, I say to you this morning, the words Jesus spoke in his last on the cross are meant for living. They're words of life, of new life. For when we are baptized in Christ, we die to ourselves and to our sins. The old is gone and the new comes. We are buried with Christ. And when we rise from the water, we are raised into new life in Christ. Our sins washed away. Our enmity with God reconciled through Jesus Christ so that we may have access not to condemnation but to his love and grace. And so then it is on that day before we went into the water and every morning thereafter that we wake that it is good and it is right for us to pray the words Jesus prayed. To say and sing the words the psalmist wrote. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me. Amen.